You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this world of turmoil, you're struggling to find energetic balance, and you panic because your spirituality is not where you desire it to be. Yet creating a powerful foundation of empowerment is what you know you can achieve. Hi, I am Martin Neal Campbell, author of the book Receiving the Gift We Give, which is available on Amazon eBooks and my website, receivingthegiftwegive.com. I invite you to uncover your power and greatly expand your energies by embracing your divine self. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two fabulously divine and wonderful co-hosts are Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. Say hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Hey, folks. Welcome to the show. Yes, indeed. And I don't know, listeners, if you remember last week's program, but Ron asked a question. He said, you know, asking why we have a physical body and why it's important would be a great thing to talk about. And I agreed. So, this program of Sovereign Self is about why do we have a physical body? We all imagine advanced beings as being made of energy. Science fiction has long portrayed advanced evolved beings as pure energy that have the capability to manifest into physical form at will. These images we experienced in movies and television of advanced beings doing this has held the attention and wonder of many of you. I believe it holds our attention as we perceive this is where humanity is headed as well. Yet, when we die and leave behind our physical bodies, we become nothing but a being of energy. We are energy beings before we come into this life, and most will be so once again when they leave this life. But this begs the question, then why do we have a physical body? By all accounts, our natural form is pure energy. So why do we require this physical form? I believe most people have a common misunderstanding. While in physical form, we regard ourselves as not being an entity made of energy. Science now knows there is exceedingly little matter within us. The bodies we have are 99.99999, there's 16 nines there, percent energy. What we call being in physical form is actually being an energy being. And when we enter this life, a shift in our energy state takes place and we become what we call a physical being. We are still energy but that energy is denser and has a lower frequency. We shift into this lower frequency form when we enter this life and establish and create it. The question is, why do we do this? Why not just stay in our higher frequency energy form? My explanation will be simplified, but will hopefully make sense. When we are in our non-physical energy form, either before or after this life, we are in a place where there is no physicality with which we can interact, as we do in this universe. Plus, our senses are different, 
There, we don't have taste, touch, or hearing. There is no gravity forcing us to walk on the surface of a planet, no water, nor clouds, or air to breathe, nor is there night or day. We have no need to eat or sleep. Our very hot days or cold winter nights do not exist. These are the things that we experience while in a physical body. Nonetheless, is it not these interactions between us and our environment that heavily define who we are? Add to this our personal interactions of talking, having deep discussions, laughing, hugging, joy, and sex in a body we create, and add on top of that all of this with a layer of pain, suffering, anger, and worry. Think about what we experience in our bodies that would no longer be available in our other energy form. I hope this helps you start to realize the wonders of having a physical body. I'll give a simple personal experience as an example. As an infant, I was fascinated with the flame of a candle. The candle's flame was utterly different from anything else I had encountered. The movement, colors, translucency, and the heat it gave off, it was mesmerizingly beautiful for me. I could hear the flame flutter with a draft of air, watch it move, and smell the delightful wax burning. I further came to respect the heat the flame produced once I stuck my finger in it. Because of that decision, I also experienced pain and some suffering. I was provided a new awareness of a candle's flame. <laughs> Without our body, these experiences are not obtainable. Our physical bodies allow us to experience the subtleties of life that we would never be capable of understanding without a physical form. <laughs> While my encounter with the candle sounds like a simple example, here is how examining a candle and its flame changed my life and expanded my awareness of who I am. It made me appreciate that my senses delivered to me the slightest details of sound, smell, sight, and touch. I became more aware as a child how my senses allowed me to detect and comprehend my interaction with the world around me from the slightest draft that caused the flame to flicker, smelling the wax, to the shock and pain of burning my finger. I gained a new respect and understanding of fire which became a life understanding. My emotions brought me what I required to feel and experience the pure joy of the elegance of the flame. I now know that some of the simplest things can make my mind and body come alive. To this day, flame blue is still my favorite color. This incident brought me empathy, understanding, and unity whenever I witness other people having the same or similar experience with burns. The experience gifted me with more love and appreciation, as my mother, through her understanding, helped me soothe my stress, and she administered ointments that relieved my pain. This experience made me appreciate my body's ability to move for two reasons. My body's instinctive reaction pulled my finger out of the flame very swiftly. I believe on my own, I would probably have left my finger in the flame out of shock longer. And, from that point forward, adults regularly moved me away from getting close to candles, which frustrated me to no end. <laughs> you know, do adults really expect children are stupid enough to try to do it again? This showed me that adults do not understand most children, and that was an interesting awareness. I would have experienced none of that if I were not in physical form. Wow. That's all I gotta say. Wow. Our bodies are amazing conduits to the universe around us and for creating awareness within us.
This is particularly why our body is much more than a vehicle or tool to walk, run, or physically manipulate things. It facilitates so much more than that. Our body and its surroundings are the expression of our consciousness and who we are in the moment, and our body is instrumental in manifesting our desires into physical form. Our body is part of our creative being, and our creativity is heavily inspired by our feelings. Our power does not come from rising above our physical form, but in making it part of the balance through our heart with divine will and divine spirit. We as beings are full of false limitations and boundaries we are taught to believe. These limiting beliefs prevent us from fulfilling our most joyous desires. Our mind shapes our beliefs, but at the same time our beliefs are the boxes in which we trap ourselves. We use our mind to create beliefs that prevent our consciousness from expanding out into all the dimensions and are opening up to the limitless beings we are. Nonetheless, our body is the conduit for universal energy, the energy of love. Our body is a key component in establishing and sensing and feeling the energies around and within us. This feeling in turn leads us to an understanding of those energies. In this physical universe, our body is the vehicle we use to create and know our physical experience as a human being. Our experiences and knowing, rather than just conceptualizing, are built into the body through divine will and divine spirit. When we delve into our emotions, the more we do, the broader becomes our understanding and ultimately knowing. It is the balance and acceptance of our feelings and thoughts through the heart that allows us to clear a path to virtually unlimited conscious manifestations of our desires. Our body is our creation. Make no mistake, we created it, which lives within a created universe. Our body is one of our tools to access and use source energy to recreate ourselves and create our experiences. As shown by my candle story, our body and its related energy fields are all one. As we become aware through these experiences and move to balance, that allows us to create our desired reality. The body achieves many great things, but one magnificent thing it does facilitate is that it initially constrains us to separate source energy and consciousness. Our feelings and thoughts allow us to experience a conscious awareness of being separated from source energy. In truth, we are not separated, but we create separations which, when understood, allow us to consciously eliminate those barriers. This allows us to realize we are moving ourselves with intent to become fully conscious of our oneness, openness with source energy. It is the awareness of these barriers that leads us to understandings that provide us with a profound knowing of ourselves and source energy as being one. So why do we have a physical body? It is a unique creation that allows us through the physical universe to experience and know life, choose who we desire to be, and recreate ourselves by expanding our use of source energy, thereby evolving ourselves into grander and higher beings until we understand and are aware enough to no longer require a physical body for our continued expansion. None of this would take place without our physical body. Is it time to bless our body for the wonders and joys it makes possible? You bet. That's my introduction.
And that, folks, is our show. Lovely introduction, Martin. Absolutely lovely. I've got so many things to comment on. I'm not even sure where to start. However, I will start at a starting point. <laughs> I personally have no recollection as a child. So I'm always very much in awe of the recollection, Martin, that you share with myself, Ron, and our listeners about your senses and awareness as a child. However, having said that, I am very much cognizant of how I might have been aware and have no recollection. That causes me to, as a, as a new Grammy, to be very aware of how I might be able to interact with my new grandson and watch his awareness. I've been a little bit more vigil, I think, than I would have been in the past of watching that awareness. Are they listening? Do they hear? When do their eyes flicker? Do I see recognition? Do I think there's recognition, but it's really just gas? You know, I <laughs> understand all of that. So personally, I find that all very fascinating. And I think it's something beholding to us all to give credence to and to understand that I'm a firm believer that whilst I may personally in this life and space and time not have any recollection, I am very much aware about what transpires in our infant minds that we may or may not remember and how that kind of catapults us into the lives that we live within this physical body. The other piece, though, that really comes to mind for me is as an adult, I'm incredibly aware of my body and my physical being in telling me certain things. We often talk about things like intuition. Uh, you know, when, when something doesn't feel right, you feel that little bubble, whether it's in your belly, whether it's in your heart, whatever that physical reflection of, oh, listen to this now. I'm very aware of that. For me, it's in my belly. The energies within and around me will often manifest in multiple ways. When I'm in situations that maybe are not congruent with my thinking or with what appears safe to me, I will feel my body react. And, and Martin, to your point at the top of the hour, I'm not sure without the physical body I would know that emotionally for sure. I believe emotionally I would feel it. But there are points where I will feel my heart palpitate if I'm feeling a, an extremely strong amount of stress or more significantly would be trembling, shaking when one is in fear. And I wonder whether or not the physical body helps us to digest what we're feeling emotionally. But moreover, for me, it catapults me to move forward into understanding how my physical being is accepting those energies both within me and around me and helping me to move forward. So I find I find your introduction very inquisitive. Very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hopefully, and hopefully it will spark the imagination of our listeners into researching and looking at it a little more seriously. I loved your introduction, Martin. Karen, you 
brought up some really interesting points, and I would like to add to that my views on what the physical body represents. And for me, I see all of us gods in training needing a Petri dish or a laboratory within which we can experiment with regards to our art of creation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this represents what the physical body and all physicality, in essence, what it is all about. It is a direct result of what we intend to create both emotionally through our divine will and mentally through divine spirit. When we combine them together and bring that to the heart, the end result is what is created in physical form. The physical form is to test to see how good we are at the art of creation itself as gods in training. And with regards to physicality itself, many people will think that once we ascend, let's say, from the first density, which is dimensions one, two, and three, which is at the deepest level of the time matrix, here time moves slowly and the illusion of solidity of matter is the most dense here. So this is primarily the first, it's almost like kindergarten here. If we can manage to create a form and its longevity, the longer its longevity exists, is an indication of just how good we are at manifestation. The longer the form exists in its solid state, the better we are at the art of creation itself. So I'm looking at the fact that, yes, our bodies at this point die. I look at all four parts of creation, which is divine will, divine spirit, the heart of it all, and then form. Those are the four major parts. And the fact that we have a subconscious emotional body, we have a subconscious mental body, we have issues within the heart that create heartlessness. All of these issues right now is reflected in the fact that our physical creations do not live or do not have genuine eternal life expectancy. So in a sense, what we create physically will always be representative of just how proficient we are at being creator gods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the one thing... Would... Sorry, go ahead, Karen. No, go ahead, Martin. I was just going to say, the one thing that fits into that beautifully is I was reading up on things about the physical body and what it does and what people were saying. And there was a lot of articles about spontaneous healing, being able to move the energies within ourselves to heal the body back into a healthier form through our understanding and using the energies. That's interesting in itself as we expand and move out that we, I believe through that, should then be able to make our body last much longer than it has in the last millennia because of that ability to use source energy and energies to heal. And I like that, Martin. Where I was going with this, and you, you always are reading my mind. Sorry. <laughs> so spontaneously, which I absolutely love. <laughs> I was going in a slightly different direction, but I see the connectivity as I always do. And that was around, from my perspective, I was thinking about how physicality teaches us persistence. Within persistence, and then Martin, you talked about spontaneous healing, where I was going with, from your introduction around infancy mm -hmm. and as human beings, as we get older, we try, we fail, or we miss the mark, and we will either continue or we will let go. Interestingly enough, I find 
when you think about infancy, there's no little child that didn't try to crawl and decided, hmm, yeah, didn't work the first time, so I'm never going to try it again, or walk. I tried it once, oh, I toppled over, not going to try it again. We see children trying again and again, and that's that persistency that I was thinking of that I think catapults into what you were talking about, Martin, with respect to spontaneous healing, when you get to that point where you actually know your physicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think eventually, yeah. And I agree with the persistency in the sense that once you set a goal, like walking as a child, you just move towards it. And mm-hmm. yes, things happen, but it doesn't stop you from moving towards it. And that's one thing we quite often fail at doing. Well, we do so mm-hmm. without fear mm-hmm. as children. But as adults, we set these parameters, like you got one kick at the cat. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, I didn't do it. Therefore, I'm a failure. I'll never do this again. I'm useless. Yeah. Why am I here? <laughs> you know, and, and I say that dramatically just to give effect. Whereas children with their naivety and their innocence actually see it as a sense of, no, I can do this. I just got to keep trying. And my body will tell me when I'm ready to do it. So you will not find a book anywhere that says, a child will speak at age such and such. A child will potty train at such and such. A child will walk, crawl, etc. And yet somehow as adults, we forget that innocence and we forget that part of listening to your physical body. And we move into this, I will try it once and if I fail, I'm, I'm the ultimate failure that ever lived. Mm. Which is, again, I'm saying that dramatically. It's not holistic. But I wonder if this being in physicality is to teach us that concept of at what point in time do we become persistent so that we can allow all of the amazing energies to flow in and ebb and flow. I'll add one thing, and Ron will like this one, I think. When I remember putting my finger in the flame, yes, it hurt. Yes, I finally understood more of what it was about. But you know what? I had no intention of ever sticking my finger in the flame again, but I didn't have any fear from it. I wanted to just keep looking at it. I recognized that that was not a good thing to do and wouldn't do it again. But I didn't have any fear. I didn't move into, oh, get those flames away from me, get that candle away from me. But adults seem to. Because you wanted to, Martin, and I think that's a a brilliant point. I think what you just said, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you wanted to learn more about the flame. Yeah. Not that putting your finger in the flame, whilst it hurt, I will never touch that flame again. Right. Your mind as an infant or as a young young child went to, I want to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fear didn't hinder me. Is, right. Yeah. <laughs> so my point being is as we evolve into adults and young teenagers and, and young men and women, why do we not embrace that same philosophical thinking in that that did not work out well for the moment. So let me learn more about it so I know how better to work with it. I'll let Ron answer that one. Well, actually, I was just going to continue to expand. I loved your story about the flame. And in fact, there was another story that I had read many years ago about life in a less dense physical state and how spirit had a tendency to forget when it was in this less dense physical state, but still in physicality itself, would often forget, for instance, that when you're disincarnate, you don't have a physical body, flying and doing all of these things is quite apparently 
very simple. Mm-hmm. But that led me to, to conclude that there must be something that being discarnate still is missing, which is why we still need the physical experience to teach spirit something about the longevity of creation itself. So the story being was that his physical body was on the edge of a cliff and he thought he could fly. And of course, the body stepped off the cliff and naturally the body fell because it had not yet evolved to the point where it could levitate. So instantly the physical body died and physicality just like shook its head. So, oh, I did it again. This is the third time where I lost <laughs> my physical body type of thing. And I thought that story was just hilarious. <laughs> but on the other hand, it made me wonder whether or not when you are a discarnate spirit and not currently with a physical body, whether or not your light manifestations will have any longevity. And I suspect that even in spirit as a discarnate entity, your reality will not have that cogent consistency that you might think something and then all of a sudden it pops out of out of expression. So it's learning how to have your thought forms continue as long as you desire them and not fall apart and disappear because you don't have a, a direct understanding of what love is in totality. Mm. So that this is one of the reasons why I truly believe that spirit is always looking to have a physical expression so that when it's discarnate, when it's time to move out of the time matrix altogether mm-hmm. and exist in states beyond the time matrix itself, you will have learned through successive incarnations just how to manifest and create because you will have tested your ability to create in physical form. I believe and that fully. <laughs> I do. For me, that that feels right. Mm -hmm. That feels right. And as I said, right now in this third dimension, at at the densest part of the time matrix, Mm. we have what is called single vector consciousness, meaning that we are tied into one linear timeline. And you're learning how to manifest a life and everything that's within it one moment after the next after the next. As you go up the densities and you move into density two, where the soul resides, time becomes much more flexible, physical, the physicality much more flexible, and even multi-vector consciousness can also begin to manifest. Now, I'm not sure if it will in second density, where you will become far more aware of all of your 1,728 lives that are in physicality all up and down the timeline. But you will be able to track various physical lifetimes and experience what they themselves are experiencing. So the whole concept of evolving up the time matrix through success, through the four harmonics, you've got harmonic one, which is where we are, harmonic two, which is where the soul is, harmonic three, which is where your oversoul resides, and harmonic four, which is the avatar. Those are the full 12 dimensions and four densities, but time and physicality becomes faster and less dense as you move up. Mm -hmm. So it's for me, it's an entire universal school with Mm -hmm. regard to how to create and and be a creator god. Mm -hmm. And you are tested all the way through this, create how long your physical creations, how permanent they can be, do your creations last is an indication of just how proficient you are at becoming a god. Mm-hmm. I agree with all that because, hmm, how do I put this? Before I came into this life, I was in what I would call that other universe, the one true universe. 
my creative abilities were virtually nil because I didn't understand creativity much at that point. Whatever I asked, I got to see and understand. In other words, when I wanted to look at our physical universe, I could see the whole thing. Certainly didn't create it, obviously. Beyond that, it was questions about things and getting understandings to a point. But the creativity wasn't there. But I have always said, and I think I had the conversation with you once, Ron, I said, as we advance in the physical life to be more of our expanded self, so we advance and expand when we go into the non-physical universe and go back to that, what I called the pure energy form. I think that's true. And the other reason I think it's true is I knew someone who died and contacted me after going over, Ken, and he essentially said that. He said, everyone has different abilities. And he said, because of what we went through and how much I expanded in this life, I now have abilities I now know I never had before here. So he confirmed that. So what you said, I'm going, yep, yep, yep. Everything confirms it. So thanks. <laughs> For me, it does make sense that we are testing ourselves and our abilities in order to prepare us for what it will be like when we finally ascend outside the 15-dimensional time matrix and enter the true realms of the the ascended masters, mm -hmm. um, which call, which they themselves call themselves, they call themselves the Adashi adepts, mm -hmm. um, because ascended, the term ascended masters has been heavily manipulated down here and beings who have ascended yes they have ascended from, from density one to density two and maybe fifth dimensional beings but they are still ensconced in physicality in that they've still got like seven other dimensions in order to get uh, out of just being within physicality itself yeah so the term ascended master has undergone a, a little bit of a black eye these days and the true ascended masters refer to themselves as the adashi adepts right because uh, those people who have gone to the fifth or they, they, they are they beginning to call themselves ascended masters and they're not yes yes yeah. and so you will he you will hear a lot of channelings on the planet today mm. um claiming to be coming from ascended masters and now i am not saying that their wisdom cannot be of use it certainly can be but I would ask people not to assume that they are the be-all, end-all, and that there is nothing beyond where most of these Ascended Masters claim they're coming from. Mm -hmm. True. Karen? But I think it, in the essence of the program, with respect to why do I have a physical body, mm -hmm. I think we're starting to talk about the reasons why, Yep. which is critical. I mean, even not withholding the other dimensions, certainly – yeah. which I, I completely appreciate. I think for our listeners here in this program, I'm wondering how we can kind of catapult on, are we all comfortable with why we have a physical body? Do we, do we understand why it's here? I, from my personal perspective, I think it's here as part of the learning process. Yeah. Uh, I think it's here part of the awakening process. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I say that in terms of understanding the things that our physical body allows us to do. I mean, take something very, very simple, and maybe this sounds really ridiculous, but I take it from something very, very simple around what can our physical bodies do today that our spirit will be able to do 
eons later. Well, and I think Ron was saying it. The physical body, as you said, is here to help us learn and understand how we can create, how we can exactly. get to be better creators. Mm -hmm. And I'll do a little twist here. I've often said that in any one life, you could advance not as much as you want, but you can advance a lot. Ooh. And why throw that away? So exactly. use this opportunity and use what your physical body is there for to move your creative abilities up, to move your awareness up, to move your connection to source up, to move mm -hmm. your emotions into balance with your heart and your spirit. As you grow and grow more into that, and the physical body is an instrument to help you do that, that's how we moved into the conversation of moving up the dimensions and become a true ascended master. It It is one of the goals in front of us. I think there's more right. beyond that, but at least it's a goal you can see, look yeah. at, and understand. Yeah. And this is what we're aiming for. Physicality helps us get there. And that is what it's all about. That's why it's so important. Yeah. I've had terms of physicality having, in this dimension, having some limitations. Oh, and yes. that's why oh, yeah. I think it's so critically important that as we move through this, when I think about those limitations, I also think in terms of how in this physicality, we could push those limitations. Exactly. And I, I think that is the learning. So whether it be lifting weights, whether it be whatever it is, physically learning from crawling to walking, lifting 50-pound weight to 100-pound weight, I believe this physicality says you're at your limit. And we have the opportunity to say, I can push through that. That's right. And mm -hmm. how do you push through that? And there's so many ways of doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's... Very well said. I was just going to add yeah. to that. The physicality is a gradual process. You have to learn how to walk before you can run. Right. Mm -hmm. And the physical body is the key to be able to do that. It's like someone... We've all heard of this wonderful thing called teleportation. Mm -hmm. And yet... Many of us are, you know, thinking, yes, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. But in the current state that our physical bodies are, are in right now, in their current mutated state, we might think it's a wonderful thing. And if we could actually turn the body to light and then pop up someplace else mm -hmm. without preparing the physical body, this is what everybody has heard of spontaneous combustion. Mm -hmm. Right. One theory has been that... This was an attempt at assisting a being move in that fashion, going through, um, a turning, trying, attempting to turn the body to light in order to pull it through to another dimension. And because the physical body was not yet prepared to do that, when it began the process of turning to light, it ignited because it was not, it had not yet evolved to the point where it could easily do that. There were mm -hmm. too many blockages within the physical body to do that. So the physical body, in one sense, Karen is right. It, it puts limitations on yeah. you in order for you to know where and how to grow within exactly. the boundaries so that when you learn these lessons, you will learn them. Mm -hmm. You exactly. will not be jumping ahead and, and, as I said, jumping off a cliff because you think you can fly and then finding that when you hit bottom, uh, I, I didn't do it this time. Mm -hmm. No, that's well put, Ron. I, mean, I think that's where I was going with this. It was yeah. like, okay. from my perspective, it's like this is the door that we get to push through yeah. with that physicality that says, I got to do some work. In other mm -hmm. words, it's not just gifted to you. It's mm -hmm. not handed to you. 
Mm-hmm. It's what am I going to do on on so many like on our spiritual level, on our heart level? What are we going to do to move that forward? If I think about Olympic champion that starts out as somebody with a dream, I don't think they were physically fit to do anything, but they had a dream. Mm-hmm. But in their physicality and their spirit and their heart, they were able to move through what was most important to them, whatever drove them. Mm-hmm. And we saw it, we see it in particular, I'll use the example of, of an athlete where they push through. And we've seen this time and time again, this movement through, this pushing through. And that push back, as you said, Ron, where you can't jump off the cliff and expect to be able to fly. Mm. However, you can prepare yourself for the next level. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Grandmother Parisha used to tell us when we first began our apprenticeship, oh, that's 20, 25 years, 30 years. Of course, now I'm telling my age here. But You're only 21. What we, <laughs> we began back then, she said she equated our advancement in terms of the wattage in a light bulb. When we first came to her, we were 40 watt light bulbs. Now, as we began to purge and push through our spiritual advancements and begin to learn the lessons, every time we went through a certain phase, the physical body went through tremendous reset, which was extremely excruciating at at times. Many of us today are beginning to actually feel advancements can have its toll on the physical body. You'll go through days where you feel like you're 90 years old, that you get out of bed and you can't walk. Your feet and the small of your back is is, is in in excruciating pain. These can be symbols and signs that you are spiritually evolving and the body is attempting to recalibrate itself and it's going from a 40 watt light bulb to a 50 watt light bulb and eventually you'll go to a 100 watt light bulb but throughout the whole process of that the idea would be to gradually evolve the physical body not to take these enormous risks and these enormous leaps before you're ready but to gradually move through the step by step by step process and learn what it takes to elevate and heal the physical body and allow the physical body to evolve. A naturally evolving physical body right down at the bottom of the time matrix is an indication that everything above it should also be evolving as well. No, I agree. It's interesting that our body is an indicator of how well we're advancing. As you said, through all the things that are going on now, the the headaches and the aches and pains and everything else, if it's not, if it doesn't have a medical reason, so don't ignore that if it's extremely bad. But if it's just normal coming along and you, you know the energies are coming through, you know you're working on things to advance, you will feel these things. And it's important to accept that it's just a slower shift of the body compared with our spiritual form. It's all of these other three components, your emotions, your thought, and your heart. Mm-hmm. That is also learning because the physical body is gradually evolving. Mm-hmm. When the physical body gradually evolves, as I said, all other three parts are also catching on. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. When you look at our chakra system and you look at our heart and our connection to divine source, mm-hmm. as you move into the heart and you move into being a more loving being, and you actually are that day to day, 
in everything you do and move it more towards that every day, mm -hmm. you will find, I believe, that the changes that you go through will be mitigated by coming from heart. Mm -hmm. So your pains, your everything else will not be as intense because I, I firmly believe that when you connect to source and through your heart, this is where if we learn to physically heal ourselves, we can move the body energetically along by connecting mm -hmm. to source. So it doesn't need to be as slow and as tortuous a process because we're not connecting to our heart. And I and I think you can... It can actually be instantaneous yeah. at times. Yeah. Well, that's instantaneous healing almost. Instantaneous healing will be a moment when all four parts are in oneness with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's been many proven examples of that. Mm -hmm. so. It doesn't last long. <laughs> no. Because there's a lot still within us that you can experience briefly these moments of unity, and many people have experienced that. And with the experience of that, it can do wondrous things for healing the physical body. I've also thought that the experience of love that's in the heart, that we experience in the heart, is as a result of what the emotions give to the heart mm -hmm. and the thought gives to the heart. Now, I've always thought that, though, the outcome of what the heart could produce is more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So that what the emotions can give and what thought can give in terms of energy, the heart can pull this and unify it together and the end result will be more greater. what yes greater than the sum of both of those parts right yes i agree and i sort of look on it too as though in the heart and in love is connection to source energy which love is the power of creation if you're not in balance between divine will and divine spirit at all then access into the heart becomes very, very difficult and blocked. If you move those more into balance, you open up to love, you open up to source energy. And the more you open up to source energy, the more you can create in an instant anything you want as it goes way out there. But we're not there yet, obviously. But as we do it more and more, we are able to create that more and more. And it's a step, step process. And you're right, Martin, we're not there yet, but we also, I, I think many of us, feel it in spurts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? And I think we need to acknowledge that as well. Oh, yes. And everybody will feel their growth in different ways. Some will feel their emotions are less turbulent and more peaceful and tend to be more joyful. Mm -hmm. Others might very well be spirit people who are what I call will-centric, where their primary mode of operandi would be through the emotional body. Then you've got spirit people who may think that their thinking is becoming far more clear, and their intuition, which is the emotional conduit, is allowing higher forms of, of, of thought to come from their higher stations of identity. So spirit-centric people might feel their evolution in terms of how clear they are are feeling and how observant they can be in terms of thought. There are many ways that people will be able to identify just how quickly or how slowly they are progressing in their own spiritual evolution. Mm -hmm. And yet, at the same time, I don't know, somehow I think that balance is important in the sense that we often say we are a male gender or a female gender. 
mm-hmm. and they're they're different from each other. But we always try and embrace the other side and understand what it is to bring more of the female in if you're male and more of the male in if you're female. Mm-hmm. And I look on it and say, should we not be doing that with will and spirit as well? Let's exactly. not say we're one or the other. We should be moving to a balance and stop the statement Agreed. about, oh, I'm an emotional yeah. being or I'm a spiritual being. Yeah, no, what you I should be in balance with both. <laughs> what I'm getting at when I, when I say that people can be will-centric, it means their primary modus of operandi comfortably will be their feeling. But they also have, just like the Merkaba, you have an electromagnetic essence. Everybody does. Some people, as I said, will be will-centric, where their focus is more towards the emotional body. It doesn't mean that they don't have a, their thinking body as well. They're secondary, it, yeah. It just operates on a secondary level. Yes, I know. And it's the same thing with the spirit. So, yes, I agree with you. Balance is absolutely essential. So, some, some people head that way, and they are that way, and that's fine. That's what they yeah. are. But it's like being male or female. Some people are testosterone male and some females are you know emotional females but what do you mean martin what do you mean yeah but but again there's no balance there so it's when people are androgynous there are entities out there that are of of both sexes and no sex yeah but i'm a firm believer that we can balance it within ourselves regardless you go with what you believe you are but don't concentrate on it because you're ignoring the signs you need to bring into balance Oh, I agree. I yeah. agree. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just because you may find yourself will-centric and emotional, like many empaths in the world today, right. that doesn't necessarily mean that they should be negate, negating their spirit side and their ability to think. We see two civilizations which polarized extremely to, to one another. Lemuria was extremely will-centric and denied their spirit and oh, they yes, did yeah. not succeed. Atlantis went the other route. They denied their wills and emotion and became very cerebral and they did not succeed. So this time around, our civilization is going to attempt to balance both. Yes. I yeah, agree well with that. Said. Yeah, yeah. agree with both of you. So... So it goes back to balance in the heart again. Yes. The heart is the key. Mm-hmm. The key to everything is the heart because it is the balance. It's the balancing. Jesus was a heart spirit. Mm-hmm. He managed to heal his, his will within the three days, mm-hmm. and most of us will more than likely not be able to do, do that in no. three days. But he was a heart spirit. He yep. was he was the perfect balance between spirit and will. Well, I think well, much of that comes to opening up too, right? Which we often talk in terms of awareness yes. and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And when you speak in terms of Jesus, it was about an opening, an openness and a willingness to receive and it was very difficult for Jesus at that time to embrace his feminine side. The Roman Empire was very patriarchal and really was very judgmental about any man displaying any type of emotional response to anything. They considered it quite weak. Yeah. So it was very difficult for, for, for Jesus sure. back then to be yeah. able to do what he did. But it made him so extremely loving and mm. lovable to many, many people, both male and female. Yeah. Because love at the time was taboo for men. Uh-huh. And how long does it last still in civilization for men to talk about love and loving? It was like, 
even 50 years ago, they'd shun you and, oh, you're just a sissy. Uh, and yet Jesus was the example of what we could be far yes. earlier. But that's what I think the purpose was, was to show us what we could be. And we just chose to ignore it for a long time. <laughs> what's, what's interesting is he chose us what we could be 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if we are only beginning to embrace an emotional male in this society, yeah. it's taken us 2,000 years to get there. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? Uh-huh. And it just goes to show you how insidious the unenlightened aspects of creation can be. Oh, yeah. And, and, and how they have taken a hold on this planet because mm -hmm. if you look at who's in power structures now none of those those men at the top many of them will display perhaps a feminine side but deep down there's something missing when you feel them yeah um especially the men there is a very 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 much so there's something missing and and a lot of times it's a falseness that they put out there mm -hmm. are some men that are embracing it though but generally speaking those men who are in power today, I call them the father warriors, mm -hmm. and they are the ones that are definitely lacking in compassion and emotion, emotional understanding. You know, anybody that's ready to go to war and embrace the suffering and, and the death and all of that that creates definitely is not allowing themselves to be empathic in any way, shape, or form and allowing themselves to feel what their opponent would be feeling. Yeah, or even what their troops would be feeling. No, it's very true. That's statement there, Ron. It is interesting, though, that it has taken us so long. And I think that it was probably necessary in many ways, because I think everything's done for a reason. I think now that the energies are shifting and we're shifting, I think it was sort of said, okay, you've been going at this long enough. It, with all the communications we have, with all the ability to spread news and information across the world in an instant, now is the time to start shifting ourselves because we can communicate it between ourselves. And I think that's a key thing. When we were all isolated and it took months to get anywhere by ship, it's very hard to spread something. But we're at that stage now where we can use technology to move ourselves energetically up. And I think this has come together at this point for that reason. And and to embrace it from heart center. Exactly. Right, yeah. When we think about in terms of technology, there is so much before us. We have to do it from a heart center. Oh, we don't have oh, to do yeah. anything, but yeah. we can choose to do it from yeah. a heart center. True. And yeah. that will actually make a difference. Well, yeah, we have a lot to learn with regards to the technologies that are emerging today. Do we allow enhancements of the physical body or will we wait for natural evolution to replace any kind of technology that is just temporary yeah. we've got lots of questions and a lot of a lot of issues that we were going to we are going to need in order to balance the technology and the and science with regards to how best do we move forward without losing our humanity yes and hindering our natural evolution and expansion exactly because a lot of these things are just crutches. Mm -hmm. You don't cloning, learn how to do it yourself. Hmm. Yeah, and cloning, for instance, a lot of people thought that cloning was a wonderful, a wonderful idea. Mm -hmm. And then they began to discover that with each successive generation, that the clone itself was losing its integrity and mm -hmm. the physicality was falling apart. 
Right. So there's a lot that we need to look at and not rush blindly into it, thinking that science has all the answers. They have answers, but we have to temper that with heart. Yeah. They haven't balanced in true understanding of how the energies in the universe works. They just said, oh, I can do this. Let's go ahead. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and a being, a, that's why I pray every day that we will get scientists to begin to embrace all aspects of who they are, the, 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 their emotions, their thought, coming from the heart and understanding what creates physicality. When you can get that in a scientist. Mm-hmm. And, and many have, Ron. Yeah, there many are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they, I think we're seeing many more. Mm-hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a prime example. I'm examining. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A couple of lines of science with spirituality. Yeah. And their willingness to say they don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And their and their willingness to look at what tradition says is an absolute and can't change. Mm-hmm. To be able to say, No, I'm still going to research and look outside that box mm-hmm. to see if there's something new I'm going to learn, the knowing of which is going to change everything once again. And yep. that's part of the exploration, right? Yes. It is, yeah. It's one of the most important parts of exploration. It's key to becoming a god. Yeah. Our beliefs are barriers to us until we begin changing them. And if you're not willing to change them and expand them, then there'll always be barriers that'll stop you from evolving every step of the way. And as I said, I think in another program, beliefs are in in and of themselves, they are judgments. And judgments Mm -hmm. preclude your experience. They say, well, this happened in the past, so I know it's going to happen in the future. With that judgment, there's no evolution. So even beliefs, though, as I said, are simple judgments. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to, to everybody to drop your belief systems now. That will gradually come to be as you continue to evolve, grow, and expand. I don't want anybody jumping off the cliff by removing all of their beliefs at this point. I actually don't actually believe in disbanding your beliefs. I believe in evolving your beliefs. Very well put. Very well put. Expanding them. Expanding them. Because if you cut them away, that means no evolution has happened. It's like emotions. You can't cut your emotions away. They're a part of you. Mm -hmm. Everything has to evolve. And in, in order for you to move forward, you have to take all parts of yourself. There's mm-hmm. not one part of yourself that you can say, I'm not going to take that part. And then I'm going to focus on this part of myself because I like this part and think that you're going to get any higher. The part that you're ignoring stagnate will, will stagnate the whole process. Exactly. Now, it's interesting in getting back to why do we have a physical body? We've talked around and moved it back and forth and, and moved it in and out, but It is, as you said, Ron, part of the integral part of the four pieces of who we are. And the only thing I want to say on the physical body, we are, we're not at the end of the program, but we're coming up to our last few minutes, is that the physical body gives us so much in understanding through experience that it is indispensable in us moving forward and consciously becoming aware and creating who we wish to be and how to do it. And without the physical body, we wouldn't have that growth, that experience, that that ability, that ability to do it. The, the bottom line is that's what physicality is about. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the physical body teaches you the differences. You Without the physical body, you wouldn't even see any differences. You wouldn't the Discernment would not even exist without the physical expression because in physicality, 
a lamp is a lamp. It, it has a form. And the desk that it sits on is also another form. So it gives coherence. It gives substance to each thought. And for me, I mean, I look at the, physica the physical body as being equally as sacred as anything that you could possibly think of. Yep. No, Absolutely. And I'll just throw in that from my memories from before I came in, I wasn't a physical body. There was no physicality, except when I wanted to see physicality, i.e. look at the physical universe from outside. That was it. The rest of it was all thought, impressions, conscious meandering, examining how the universe is put together in many ways. But the one thing I'll say about it is that you were limited by what you asked. And the more you grow and the more you expand and the more you become aware of, the greater questions you can ask. So in that form, physicality is important because it allows us to expand and ask more questions. So from my perspective, when I get there, again, I will be able to ask questions that I wouldn't have dreamt of before and understand things more mm -hmm. fully than I ever could yes. have before. And that's yes. why physicality is important to me. It creates that ability to go there. Mm -hmm. And yep. for me, physicality is... Without physicality, you could not spiritually evolve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a knowing. Yep. Yes, it is. The understandings and knowings we get while being in a physical body are second to none. It's interesting, too, that when I was out of the physical body, there was always an undercurrent of love, which you don't always find here. But in order to understand love, you have to understand hate as well. And it is the understanding between those two that once you understand it and see the power of love and why it is so much more powerful, that becomes your knowing. And I'll just say, I hope everyone found this program interesting and I hope it provokes some thought. And please don't forget to go on to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self. We'd love to hear from you. And also, I'd like to thank our host radio network, Law of Attraction Radio Network. And beyond that, I do hope you all have an absolutely fabulous week. Yes, have a wonderful week, everyone. Enjoy your week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week. <laughs>